Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini Guy Mike Kegley. I'm here with Illini Guy's staff writer, Matt Stevens. We are just in the aftermath of the Illini's 30-13 to 13 defeat at the hands of number seven, Penn State, up here in the press box at Memorial Stadium. I'll throw out a couple statements. First, the defense and Johnny Newton were back. Mr. Newton had an excellent game. Defense played well, not great, but well. Offense really struggled today. Altmeyer made some tough decisions, uh, made some passes he'd certainly like back, was under a lot of pressure, seemed to be favoring his right leg again, and had several passes where he was doing kind of a weird jump motion, uh, almost as if to protect against maybe some some sort of pain or something that was going on. Overall, the Illini defeat looks really bad on paper, but when you think about the number of opportunities that they gave Penn State, this might have been a 63-7 to game in other regimes. So I know it's parsing things to be optimistic over this, but Illinois plays significantly better on defense when the quarterback is a stationary quarterback and doesn't pressure the edges of the defense. Drew Aller, good quarterback, didn't have his greatest day, but but played a solid game. Definitely doesn't put the pressure on the, the defense the way uh, Finn and Daniels did, and I thought there was a difference there in that. Matt, what are your initial thoughts based on what we saw? I thought it was a complete wake-up performance by the defense. I thought it was a complete let down performance by the offense and specifically by Luke Altmeyer. Um, I just look, um, you're going to get this. I, 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 it's his, it's his fourth career start. It's his third start at Illinois. If we want to, we want to go to Luke. I just, I feel like this is one of the poorest games he's played in a long, long time. Um, and going all the way back to his time at Starkville high school. So, um, you, you, if you're Illinois, you thought against probably everybody else on the schedule we play, if Luke performs at a below average, we still have a defense well enough to keep us in the football game. Against everybody else except Penn State. There's two problems with that. One, they played Penn State today. Um, and two, uh, the defense needed to kind of have a confidence boost and getting put on short fields after five turnovers – including four interceptions. It's just not the kind of path to do that in. You mentioned Drew Aller. I, I think eventually we're going to see Drew Aller in the National Football League. Yep. But I don't think Penn State wanted to put him in any kind of duress today in his first start away from State College. I thought the game plan for Penn State was pretty solid if Illinois was going to continue to you know make mistakes. Drew Aller understood if I don't completely screw this up, we're going to get points and then we're going to build a lead and then we're going to be able to win the football game because I'm going to tell you right now, and I think Nick, James Franklin leaves Champaign knowing this, his defense is salty enough to win the big 10. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And uh, I, I do feel like they have the ability uh, to, to really cause a lot of problems with what they can do, not only with their pass rush, but with their secondary play. Manny Diaz is one of the most aggressive and proficient defensive coordinators because they go out and they recruit guys that can play one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. And then they go out and they recruit some pretty scary dudes that can go after the passer. 
go after the passer. And that's exactly what Penn State did today. And um, so now if you're Illinois, you have to rebound. You're one and two. There's, uh, and I, I said, Mike, you know, I said it, you know, at the beginning of this, beginning of August, I said, I don't have to get very creative to get to 0 and 3. Well, you're a miracle catch by Casey Washington in the last last minute drive from being 0 and 3 right now. And I think this team has to take inventory in who they are and what they are and what they want to be going forward because the identity of this football team today, I thought got away from it. I thought they got away from itself and what they want to be today, except for the defense. I thought, again, had a wake-up performance. I thought Donnie Newton was good at Kansas, quite frankly. I thought Donnie Newton acted like an All-American today. The difference is you got guys like Keith Randolph and Gabe Yakis that acted like All-Americans today, too. You had guys that like Clayton Bush who decided – I'm better than this and I'm going to, I'm going to prove it today. And and Illinois got off the field on third downs and Illinois created five, three and out. So I think defensively, you see a lot of positives. I think Brett Bielema again said it pretty, pretty well, in fact, and said, Hey, there's a lot of positives we can glean from this, but it's absolute insanity to turn the ball over five times. I think you're going to beat the number seven team in the country. That's it. That's the story of this football game. And, and I don't know, um, I think the first and most important thing that Brett Bielema has got to do starting Sunday is figure out where the head, where the head is of his starting quarterback. And I know fans are going to want, you know, a quarterback competition or some fans <laughs> are going to want a quarterback competition going into this week, Ugh. especially based off of what John Maddock did in garbage time with, with no chance to win the football game. Apparently Brett Bielema said there, he doesn't foresee a scenario in which this changes who the starting quarterback is. For me, it doesn't change who the starting quarterback is, Mike, but what it does change is I need to know that Luke Altmeyer is mentally and emotionally okay because I've, I've, I've studied that young man, and he is very, very internally sensitive. And a game like this where he gets pulled triggers everything of what happened to him at Ole Miss and the reason he left his home state to come here and play. And so now you've got to build that confidence back up. Not only does the staff, but Luke's got to do it himself too and build that confidence back up. So this is going to be a real important week of practice before they play Florida Atlantic. So when we look at this, I have looked at this season like a football game. And if you divide, obviously, 12 by four, you get three game brackets. And I think the hardest three game stretch is done. I think you could make an argument that Toledo could end up as a 11 and one or 10 and two team this year. I think you could argue that Kansas might be a team. And again, it's hard to know, but they might be a team that could be nine and three this year. If they lose to let's say Texas, Oklahoma and K state. Sure. You look at Penn state, they have a chance. I don't think they could have pulled it off today, but as they get better under Drew Aller, they have a chance of beating either or Ohio State and Michigan. So you're looking at a team that could be a 10 and 2 team. Illinois came through 1 and 2, probably. You could make a case they might have deserved 0 and 3, but they aren't. Now it's time to go into the second quarter, so to speak. I think they've got to, you know, make sure Luke is feeling good. But they have to do something about getting their identity back because an Illinois team coached by Brett Bielma is not supposed to go out and and basically average 2.1 yards a rush. 
And I have been disappointed. I, I, I'm a huge Josh McCray fan, but he goes, he's gone down after, you know, one-on-one tackles at 240 pounds. You don't expect to see that. I thought Caden Fagan actually gave a reason for hope, but again, it was during the end of the game. What position does he play, Mike? Yeah, he plays he plays run, running back or yeah. is it linebacker? No, he does not play <laughs> linebacker. He plays running back. Just thought I'd interject that. Go ahead. Um, so, so I would like to see this team dictate a little bit more on the ground. I think there were some times where they went away from the rushing attack, and I know fans last year wanted Illinois to pass the ball more. I think they went away from the rushing attack before I would have. I also thought that while it was junk time, you know, LZ got got some got a couple, you know, back to back to back three catches in a row where he ended up with a touchdown. Um, Hank Beatty was was out there and got used a little bit. You had Fagan out there, so there's some youth to look forward to. But what I really want to see is is I want to see difference makers make it out on the field. So to Malik Elzey, I would say you can make a difference, but you have to run every play like it was that touchdown play. You can't go out and jog on a play because you're not the intended receiver or it's a running play. So that consistency of effort is something that that the coaching staff is going to have to you know, make sure it gets through as, as a requirement. But I, I, that first and foremost, that offensive line has to do two things. One is they got to open up some holes for running backs and no, there's no chase Brown to save him. He's not going to be materializing. And they also have to make sure that Luke Altmeyer doesn't get hit as often as he did today. That was a good defensive line, but that's your goal because the, the drop off between the first string quarterback and the second string quarterback is a bigger drop off than most Illini fans were aware of before today. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I, I think, um, look, I'm not here to, I'm not, I'm, look, well, here's what we're not going to do today. I'm not going to pound Barry Lunny because if you're Barry Lunny today and you're trying to figure out what to do offensively from a, you know, schematic standpoint, from a philosophical standpoint, Look, you don't know if Aaron Henry and the defense are going to come out here and lay an egg again, and you might have to score a lot of points. So you might have to dial up the offensive aggression and throw the ball vertically down the field, which is what he tried to do today. Yep. Hence four interceptions, right? right? So what I have an issue with is exactly what Mike Fagan or my, I'm sorry, Mike Cagley just said. I I would not allow another game where Reggie Love only touches the ball 12 times. Like it's just um, you wouldn't do that to Chase Brown. And maybe on the 18th carry, Chase, you've seen it before, Chase would take it to the house, right? Maybe on the 18th carry, Reggie Love takes it to the house. But I'm not here to to bash Barry Lunny because I think he's he's got this offense in a position where if the execution is anywhere near what it needs to be, they're going to be just fine. Um, The offensive line is a concern but I do think that they found the combination that can get them through. And I think that that's Isaiah Adams at right tackle, Zai at right guard. And then I think I think it's Jordan Slaughter at left guard. But if they think it's a combination of, of Geske and Slaughter, like it was a combination of Chrysler and Slaughter last year, I'm fine with that. Um, what, they, what they've got to figure out is, you know, 
how do we continue the momentum of, of our opening drives throughout the entire game? And I really feel like the way that Illinois can do that is getting in third and manageable situations. And the way you do that is having early down success. And the way you do that, I'm sorry, is, is handing the ball to either Reggie Love or Caden Fagan. And I, I don't disagree with you about Josh McCray, but I do feel like there is a potential of – you know, if the thunder and lightning combination has to come from Caden Fagan and Reggie Love, I'm good with that, right? Um, but I do think that there is a there, look. I've just seen too much out of Josh McCray to think the potential is just gone, right? Well, and I, so, I totally agree, it's, right? It's a mystery to me, but he, for a 240 pound guy who looks like the Incredible Hulk, right? He gets tackled too often on one on one situations. And even had one where a, a DB went high on him right. and took him down, which really surprised me. And we never saw that before his injury. No, and then that's that that that's got to be a concern. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, your 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 offensive staff, um, including Thad Ward, the running back coach, is going to have to figure out. But if that thunder is going to come from Caden Fagan, I'm good with that, right? And yeah. so, but I don't think that you can leave a ball game anymore with Reggie Love only having 12 carries. And then looking at the stat sheet and going, well, he almost had five yards of carry. And we only gave him 12 chances. Like that's and, – and and this game never – Mike, I'm going to tell you, even with, I would say, three interceptions, this game never got out of hand to where you had to ditch the running game. Like, you know, last week in Lawrence. So um, I just feel like Barry Lenny thought coming into the game and, – and when you rep things all week long, folks, you just don't immediately go, well, scrap that. We're good. We're done. Like yeah. – you know, that's not how this works. But when, I feel like he came into this game thinking, well, you know, I'm going to have to score some points. I don't know what this defense is going to do because it's been too really – this defense has gotten mollywopped like twice now in a row. And you come in against the number seven ranked team in the country against an NFL-type quarterback, and you're like, well, gee, what am I going to do? Well, I might have to, you know, at least, you know, match the momentum offensively if you're Barry Lunny. Turns out it turned out to be more of a Brett Bielema special. And – they could have managed to play a little bit more of ball, you know, ball control, field position type of deal. But, um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, the fact that Illinois threw it 44 times and only ran it 29 times, um, that bothers me. But what bothers me more is, is, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at number nine right now and going this. I'm not looking at number nine and wondering, you know, what to do with him in terms of like, you know. Do we start him? What's the, what's, I'm not, I'm not, we're not going there. What I'm going there with is I know that he's a very, very sensitive young man. He takes everything internally. It's, it's not a, this is not Tommy DeVito. This is not Tommy DeVito where he's going to walk out of the stadium after throwing four picks and still think he's the greatest thing ever. Um, Luke Altmaier is going to have to really build up his own confidence along with his coaching staff doing it as well. And that's a major concern I have because um, you talked about how this might be, have been the toughest three-game stretch that Illinois is going to have. I'm going to tell you, this FAU, this FAU team that's coming into Champaign next week, they've got a salty defense, and and Illinois needs to be ready for that game. And I am telling you, there are a lot of boys in West Lafayette that can't wait in two weeks to face Brett Bielema and, and on Big Ten Saturday night on NBC. So for a lot of host of reasons. So um, Illinois has got to get right, and Illinois is not right right now. And, and I think that um, – you know, Penn State's talent level maximized what the margin was. Um, but I think Illinois has proven over three weeks that 
we aren't executing at a level that we need to execute at. Yeah, I think ultimately this team has to to play more consistently. The the Gabe Yakis that we saw today needs to be there from now on. Uh, Johnny Newton elevated his game. I, I, I do feel like you name me the quarterback and I can name, you know, I can name you a bad game they've had. Luke Altmaier sure. hopefully can put this behind him. I, I guess I look at this as being, I am a little concerned about whatever's going on with the right leg because he wasn't planting very well yeah. and wasn't, didn't have a firm base underneath him. We saw that a little bit at Kansas. So I'm hoping that he's okay there. The other thing that I think of is, you know, if I'm, potential quarterback like Trey Petty looking at where he wants to go play. Um, you know, I could see a guy like that getting some backup minutes if he, if he comes in and, and is okay. So you not know, as a true freshman, but okay. Yeah. Sure. I, I think at some point we're going to have to have somebody uh, Donovan Leary's going to have up, you know, needs to be ready to step up at any time. Paddock needs to have his a game with him. Um, because I do think that protecting Luke Altmaier has to be a higher priority. I do love that he's willing to go out and run. I was also happy to see him slide a little more effectively yeah. this, this week, which is good. Um, the other thing I thought was an improvement. It, it wasn't perfect because it, there was a 15 yard penalty. That was a bad one. And there were, there were a couple rough ones on third down but Illinois only had six penalties this week, and they actually had less than Penn State. Right. I thought I thought that was a step in the right direction. I'm sure Coach B is not happy with that number, but it was it was a step in the right direction. But let let's go and take a look at you know when we look at the defense, we know Johnny Newton is the key to everything, and when he does a one man gang, which is what. He was today. Sure. He makes a difference. Who else did you think played well on the defense or what did you notice when the defense was out on the field? And many times they had their back up against the proverbial wall. I think when you look at this Illinois defense, you finally saw, I would say, a homeless man's version of Sidney Brown and Clayton Bush today. I mean, he look, Sidney's not out there anymore. And right. people bashed Sidney Brown for the probably the first two and a half years of his career here. Um, and you just don't understand what he was to this defense. Um, but I thought being that in-the-box safety was important today. I never thought – he's a major reason why I thought Illinois was able to get off the field on third downs. I thought Xavier Scott played played better um, when, when, when asked to do what he can do, which is, you know, play coverage in a way that he's not Devin Witherspoon, but he can play coverage. And he helped Illinois get off the field. I, again um, – I think Illinois has a problem at, at, at Mike linebacker um, and has a huge problem at Mike linebacker when Tyreek Barnes left the field today. Um, and we're told that that's not a serious injury, but um, he left the field today. And, and uh, you know, that, that makes Dylan Rosiak completely vulnerable to whatever an offense wants to do, um, especially over the middle of the field. So um and I, I don't know what bug was put in Keith Randolph's ear, but I thought Keith played a really good game. And, and yeah. he was very, very adamant that this was a, a revenge game for the defense after the first two weeks that they've kind of taken it in the teeth. Uh, quite frankly, I, 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 I don't even want to kill Aaron Henry today. I mean, and I, I, I really thought he put his defense in really poor positions the last first two games. I don't think he did that. I think he still has – 
issues with getting guys lined up correctly. I think he still has issues with getting the right personnel on the field on certain situations. Um, I, I struggle with that because, you know, that you can either do the job or you can't. And Walt never had those issues. And so, um, but I think that Aaron Henry's improving and, and he has a very, very long leash by his boss. So um, we're, we're, we're getting, and, and then when you see a performance like today, you realize, okay, this team can win games playing defense the way it played today. Uh, so the fact of the matter is, I think this team, I, I have poo-pooed it the whole time, but I think this team got a, a lift with Matthew Bailey being out on the field. Um, and then I think they got an emotional, you know, kicking the teeth, kicking the pants because Matthew Bailey, one play in is laying on the field. And then, you know, the next very next possession, he gets back out there, he's laying on the field again. And he, I think so, suffered a separated shoulder, but I think it's not long-term and we'll see, but um, you know, he's, uh, he worked so hard to get back out there. I think everybody and his teammates wanted him to play really, really well. I thought he played okay when he was out there, but um, you know, he needs to be a hundred percent, but I thought the defense overall, you really can't poo poo what they did. They were put in really bad spots and they made it a, a, they made it a competitive football game. I would say for almost three quarters. And when you turn it, when you lose the turnover battle five, nothing, I think that that's probably the best result that you could have expected out of a defense when when you put them in those kind of situations. From a special teams standpoint, missed field goal. Uh Um, Robertson had decent punts today. Uh Uh, Hang time maybe wasn't quite as quite as much as you would hope for. Um, One thing I noticed is it would be it would be nice to have a guy who's kicking the ball out of the end zone the way. Penn State was today, but any did anything jump out at you? I mean, I don't I don't know that there was anything on special teams that was particularly alarming or particularly great, but anything on the special teams side that that popped out at you? Look, they're not going to go. Um, you know, they're not. We're not. Gonna, we're not changing field goal kickers. Okay, I know the the I know the freshman is. Yeah, I know. I know David Alano is an Under Armour All American. I get it it's not happening. Okay. So we can just take that off the table. Um, that field goal has got to go through because you can't have all of the air energy air out of the balloon right then and there. And that's exactly what happened. And Caleb needs to make that field goal. Um, and Caleb can make that field goal. Um, but special teams wise, no, I, 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 the only thing that bothers me is that this is a Bielema team that sold, football 101 was the thing you put on the screen right okay wave your arm on kickoffs and just take the ball to 25 I mean like this whole thing about we're we're, I know he hired Robbie Disher to do this exact thing which is take the ball on kickoffs and try to be aggressive try to make it to the 12 try to play (laughs) offense on those types of plays right um at this point just wave your arm and go to the 25 I mean this starting Field position-wise, where they've started, too, is, is not a benefit. And so, um, yeah, Robbie, that works at Tulane, maybe, and that works at Sam Houston State um, when you were with Willie Fritz, and it may have worked at Georgia. It's not working here. Um, but, <laughs> again, when you're one and two and you evaluate this Illini football team, what they're doing on kick return is so far down the list of priorities right now. I may just let Robbie kind of establish what his, you know, mentality is going to be on special teams and 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 kick the the uh 
the the field position. But Bielema has sold us on football 101, and starting on the 12-yard line is not football 101, right? So um, that's got to get reevaluated. And so um, I would expect some really, really difficult conversations in the Smith Center again, like we had last week. And, um, you know, if you're the head football coach at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, you might not try to be surprised at the woe is me comments that are coming out of the building again, because you didn't play up to par. And so um, that's, that's where I kind of sit with this right now. And so um, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned about Illinois football right now, but I, I do think that they are different now concerns than the first two weeks of the season. So the one thing that I saw, I guess, and you you kind of hinted at this for a while. I may have taken it up to 11, though. But I, I was, you know, I didn't want Luke Altmeyer to get hurt, obviously. Sure. But now that I've seen, I'm a little bit terrified of what happens if he does and you have a long stretch with Paddock or or the guys behind him. I Maybe I'm overreacting to this, but... I'm not certain if I remember the gap between starter and second string ever being this big outside of maybe first year Dave Wilson was here back in 1970 you know, or 1980, I think. Well, there was a reason. Uh, yes, I've seen it. Uh, Brandon Peters got hurt in Minnesota. They had to play a backup quarterback here against a really, really awful Northwestern team and got beat. And I remember that. Um, I remember. Uh, so that's the last time I've seen the chasm be that. That okay. Look, here's the thing, guys. I've tried to tell you since the spring. Mike Cagley, we did the post-game spring podcast in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I told you, this is done. He is so significantly better than anybody else on the roster. I don't care what anybody else says. Luke Altmaier is the starting quarterback. Right. And then Illinois wants to play this dance with the media throughout the entire fall camp. And I'm going to hear, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a little insight. There's people in the Altmaier camp that got sick and tired of it and wanted a starting quarterback to be named long before Brett Bielema wanted to quit playing games with the media. And, and, um, for, and, and here's, here's the thing I scratched my head at because we all watched it. We all watched that one-hour preview by the Big Ten Network, Right. 45 minutes of which was, well, they can't figure out the quarterback, who the starting quarterback's going to be. And, boy, both of them looked really good out there during that scrimmage we were watching. I don't know what in the blue hell Dave Revson and Howard Griffith. Howard, I love you to death. Howard Griffith and, and Jerry DiNardo were watching. But number nine's your quarterback. And, and here's the two things I'll say about that, Mike. One is I was really – if you're an Illini fan, I think you should be relieved that Brett Bielema walked in and said, I don't think this changes anything with starting quarterback today. So that, so that, that, that right there proves that, that Luke has, despite having a rough day, he right. has the total confidence. And then he did the head coach thing. He's like, well, I'll take a look at it, but I don't think this changes much of much or anything. Right. Okay, cool. Um, then, Mike, I'm a hockey fan. I think what Illinois did today is they pulled the goalie in the second quarter in the second period, which I don't have a problem. I don't either. If they, if, if the, if the objective was here's, and here's what I have said, if the objective was, if we leave Luke out there, we think a fifth interception is coming and a sixth interception is coming. And we're just going to like, we're going to triage this and we're, we're, 
we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put a bandana, we're going to, you know, we're going to put a bandana over, uh, over this and we're going to stop the bleeding right now. Band-aid. Well, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you don't we're going to put a tourniquet on a Deion Sanders band. We are, we're going to put a tourniquet on this and we are stopping the mental bleeding and right. emotional bleeding right now of my quarterback yep. because I can't go into, there's nine more games here and I can't have him thinking every time he goes back there, right. he's going to throw a pick. Right. I can't do that. Here's the back half of that though. Luke Altmaier is here because of the mental gymnastics and, quite frankly, the mental anguish that was put through him by Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And he got plumb, plumb tired of it. And everybody in his camp got plumb tired of it. And he internalizes every emotion that he's ever had. I have I have analyzed this young man as the best I can because I knew he was going to be, as Isaiah Adams said it today, the face of the program. And so... My concern is that Luke Altmaier, as competitive a young man as he absolutely is, needs to flush this and needs to flush this as soon as possible. And everything I know about him says that's not as easy as it is to be said as it is said. And so I will I, I am concerned about that. I'm also concerned about the back half of pulling him, Mike. And I don't disagree with the decision to pull him right then and there. I don't love the idea that the last play and the last pass that Luke Altmaier threw was that fourth pick. I, he has to now understand that that's the last play he'll run until Tuesday in practice. That's the last play he'll play in a game until next Saturday. He has to, he has to, he, he has to wear that. And I would not have allowed him to wear that. I don't care if it's handing Reggie love the ball for four times try to get some momentum. And then I know Barry tried to get him some easy throws so that he could get back to feeling good after maybe the second or the third pick. Right. And and like, look, Barry's been doing this for a while at, at several different schools and been really successful. He knows how to do this. Um, he's going to have some, there's look, I'm just concerned that I don't think you lost Luke Altmeyer today, but you've got to be concerned about what headspace he's, he's in right now. And I'm just concerned about it. And, and I think the way the way this concern goes away is he comes out against FAU and he plays really, really well. He played quite frankly, he plays like he did the first two weeks. Everything's fine. We all have clunkers and it's 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 bound to happen. Um, and then you just chalk it up to that. But you can't have a mentally broke quarterback going into West Lafayette in two weeks. I just don't believe you can for two reasons. One, I think his Illinois defense is good, Mike, but they're going to have to score because Penn, because Purdue with that, with that uh, air raid offense is going to score like, and, and so that's, that's one. And two, again, I just don't think Illinois is winning anything with John Paddock. And unless they were to throw everything they have from a resources standpoint, meaning practice, reps, everything they wanted to do this with Donovan Leary and say, you're our guy going forward. I don't think they win much with Donovan Leary right now with where he is in his progression right now as a quarterback. I think Donovan Leary can be really, really good for Illinois, you know, in the future. Eventually. In the future. Not as a redshirt freshman. And, and I don't think that's out of the line. Um but you've got to get Luke Altmaier right. If you don't get Luke Altmaier right, nothing you do the rest of the season is going to matter because you're, you're probably just going to keep losing football games. Because as Brett Bielema pointed out, there are three reasons why you want to lose a football game. 
penalties, mental errors, and turnovers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> penalties and mental errors cost damn near cost you the first two games. It sure cost you against Kansas. Turnovers cost you today, and now you're one and two. If you continue this type and you continue to go down the tunnel with Luke Altmeyer, and quite frankly, go down the toilet with Luke Altmeyer, allow him to continue this this confidence trend. Um, that it's a great word. Don't let this be a trend, right? You cannot allow this mentally, emotionally, or physically to be a trend for Luke Altmeyer. And that starts when he gets in the building on Sunday. It starts when they restart practice on Tuesday. This is the most important week of practice for Luke Altmeyer. Not because he's going to lose his job, but because he's got to get back to where he was when they opened up the year against Toledo and everybody was really confident with number nine. Yeah. I think coach probably started that today by saying that he didn't expect any changes. Maybe it's totally different than what Lane Kiffin would have done at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin would have left it blank right. and said, we're going to go into the week at practice. I'm not going to tell you who the quarterback is. They, they, they both got to play really, really well. Brett Bielema made it darn sure. First of all, he made it darn sure to say on the radio, this is insanity to turn the ball over so much. Like, like I can't have this. Yep. Secondly, he said "I to us and the local media at the podium, I don't think this changes much at starting quarterback. So it eliminates – effectively it's it's what i was trying to get out of brett on month last this past monday when i asked him the question about aaron henry let's take something look everything a lot of it's going to be on the table when it comes to the offense and trying to get the offense better this week mike one thing i don't think that will be on the table is well i don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be right brett took that off the table really really quick and to his point he's a this is his 15th year as a head coach he knew to do that good so so it seems like to me the the biggest thing and then we'll kind of wrap this mm -hmm. up. But to me, the biggest thing is it seems like let's give let's give Aaron Henry credit. And and let's be honest, though, last year it was Andy Boo and and it was, you know, Walt, you know, it was Ryan. It was um, Kevin Kane, Kevin Kane and, and Brett Bielma, you know, who, mm -hmm. who put that who, who talked a lot, bounced ideas for the defense. This year it's probably Boo and and Bielma along with Aaron Henry, Terrence Jamison. Yep, Terrence he Jamison. Got the, he got the tag for a reason. Yep, and so now I think it seems to me that that maybe Brett Bielma has got to go in and put his head in the offensive meeting and make sure that that uh, he communicates what he needs to his team and and you know watches a couple things particularly you know in making sure the quarterback's head's in the right place and making sure the offensive line figures out who they, you know, need what they need to do to help protect. And, and boy, I tell you what, it would be nice to see Josh McCray turn into that guy we saw two years ago against Penn state that Josh McCray, you know, running but over. Be, but okay. But it is, it'd be equally as nice if Caden Fagan would have a freshman year like Josh e McCray. Had, e either way. Right? I'll, I'll, yeah. We'll take either one. Right. right. But it would be nice to see one of those, and then and then Reggie Love just keep Reggie loving it because that that touchdown that he scored mm -hmm. was not about blocking; that was about him wanting to score a touchdown. Correct. And there were plenty of Penn State defenders who were trying just as hard to stop him. And it seems like you know Illinois has got to get the offensive house in order. And ironically, with four you know with with five turnovers, four interceptions. This game was in reach till early in the fourth quarter, which yeah, is, they had four, which is shocking. They had four turnovers, and I think that they were still down nine. Right. You know, I mean, and and then the game got out of hand. Right. Um, no, I I think Illinois 
I don't think there's, you know, I don't think the house is on fire. I agree. But I do think we have a gas leak. If they, like I'm trying to trying to make the right analogy here. Like, I think we got a gas leak. And so um, I thought the house was on fire after Kansas. I really did. Because the identity of this team on either side of the ball really hadn't been identified. Like hadn't been shown or identified. I didn't think. Right. Because you can't rely. I never thought you could rely on number nine, Luke Altmaier, for 13 games, for 12 games, regular season games and potentially a bowl game. Um, because I Not thought to the extent that yeah, I thought this might happen, right? He might throw three picks, he right. might throw four picks, you know, in your fourth start. Why would that be a shock? Right. So I thought, you know, Illinois has got to figure out a way up front to to run run block and run the ball. Um, and then I feel like they've done that, but they just haven't consistently done it. You know what I mean? They they've they've been effective when they when they've done it, they just haven't done it enough. Um and I think Barry would be the first one to tell you that. I think from a defensive standpoint, we found out what the identity of this defense was. And that's, you know, up front, we've got to create havoc. And if up front we create havoc, you know, our secondary is going to look a lot better. Our, our linebackers are going to look a lot better. And you saw that. You saw Johnny Newton. I can't wait to see the PFF numbers on how many quarterback hurries he had. Yeah, yeah. That'll be impressive. Um, With 14 scouts here today from the NFL, it would it was certainly a good day for Johnny Newton to show people what he's all about in the pay for play era. This has nothing to do with that, but Johnny Newton made more money today. He yeah. made some more money today because I feel like there's a whole bunch of people that got things. Um, sometimes Mike, when you're a scout, you don't come to see something great. You just come to see what you see. Yeah. You want to, you want to, you want what you already know to be verified again. Right. Johnny Newton continues to do that. And, and um, I thought the big thing, and I think you would agree, is whatever got into Keith Randolph, I thought he played really well today. I really did. I thought Keith played really well. Um, I won't even say it's whatever got into Gabe Yakis because I think he's still 20 years old. And, you yeah. know, there's a lot of potential there to grow into consistency. But I thought he played his best game of the year and, and continues to progress like you would think a 20-year-old would, would would progress, right? And so – up front, I think there's a lot to be excited about, I think. Um, and that allows the back end to continue to get better and better because there's talent there. They don't recruit bad players out of Florida. I mean, but they have, they've just been putting inexperienced guys out there. So um, now it's about, you know, trying to reboot your quarterback and in every way possible, um, knowing that he has so much arm talent and is so gifted that all you got to do is get him back in the headspace that he was at the end of August and you're fine. But I, I think, I think this is the most important week of practice for Brett Bielema because if they don't get it right, they can get beat by FAU and then the season starts to spiral yeah. and he can't allow that to happen. And one last note that I'm going to throw out there is the Illinois defense is pretty formidable. One thing that I have learned that if if you if you didn't pay attention to is the era of the mobile quarterback puts such pressure on you to establish an edge. And if you don't do it, you are in such a bad place that two things is one, the the line I almost have to figure out, you know, if they thankfully there aren't many mobile quarterbacks left on their schedule. They don't they don't have I don't know if there's any. Believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, and 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 thankfully there are there aren't. Um, but boy, that's something for the long the long haul to think about. 
um, you know, how you defend that. And then the second thing is, is when you're recruiting, again, I'm, I, I, I don't worry about do you put people in the NFL, at least in the quarterback position. But boy, when I'm recruiting, I'm, I'm going to take a look at that a little bit because we've certainly seen that about the only way you can slow up a Johnny Newton is to make sure that he's got to run all over the field to try to catch him and tire him out or something because that the, the Aller is probably going to play on Sunday afternoons and he's probably going to be pretty good. Sure. And Illinois was much better where they knew that approximately five to seven yards behind the center, that's where they would find him as opposed to this wandering all over you know, cut this way, roll back that way that they ran into with both Finn and Daniels earlier in the year. Here, okay, I'll I'll take the devil's advocate point of view there, Mike. I don't disagree. Let me be very clear. I don't disagree with anything you said. No, that's fine. The mobile quarterback is something that you 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 want to look for at a quarterback. And quite frankly, Mike, Luke's mobile enough yeah, to make it, you know, make the defense honest. And that's really kind of what you're looking for because trying to recruit the fins of the world or, you know, the Jalen Daniels of the world, that's not going to work out well for you hundred percent of the time, right. especially if you're at a program like Illinois. Right. So, but I agree with you I, from a, from a strategic standpoint, you would love to have that every day of the week. The, the back half problem there and the devil's advocate argument is what if that guy gets hurt? Exactly. And, and you saw it last year with Kansas. Okay. Jalen uh, Daniels Jalen Landos led him to five and zero, oh, and suddenly now they finished six and six. Why did they do that? Well, he got hurt, you know. And and you know, even if you're and you 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 heard it out of Tulane, you know, Finn didn't get hurt, but there were times where he would roll an ankle, and Toledo's offense wasn't nearly as good, right? And so they even have concerns about you know their depth at quarterback is not what it is if Finn roll, turns an ankle, right? And and there are more than enough teams in this division that feel the exact same way. And in this conference that feel the exact same way, you know, Penn state knows that if they lose drew Aller, their, their hope of doing what I think they can do, which is win the big 10 this year is gone. Like, and that's why they pull him in the third quarter on the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Maryland knows that Talia Tagaloa like cannot be replicated if he rolls an ankle or, you know, has something happen with his knee. Right. So, and he's a quarterback that Illinois is going to have to figure out how to stop. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think there's – you saw it last year with Illinois. I and mean, Tommy wasn't mobile, but Tommy rolls his ankle, and now everybody's kind of like, oh, boy, like what are we going to do, right? right. And so um, I do think that you're right about that, but I also think that um, – I, I, I did appreciate that Keith Randolph said from a defensive perspective – okay, the next step now is get turnovers because you didn't get any today. Right. And, and if you're going to play a quarterback like Drew Aller, you saw it last year with Mike when they played like a Brennan Armstrong over here at Virginia, they they would play, you know, teams, um, you know, like a, like honestly, like an Aiden O'Connell who, who when he wasn't getting pass interference calls, he was throwing interceptions, yeah. you know, and so and he's in the NFL. Um, you've got to get turnovers that's the last part of this. And that's, that's, that's taught. That's not just happens by stance. Ryan Walters, his defense is really good at it because they, they have athletes that can do it. So, um, well, that strip, the strip that we saw that resulted in the first down was Clayton Bush, a fifth year senior who's been at three different programs and a salty defender who I thought played pretty decent today, trying to strip the football a la like a Jake Hansen. 
when he used to do it. Yeah. So I think that this defense has to take the next step in terms of maybe turning, getting turnovers. But I do think that they, they, they're on the path of being um, a, uh, a, a adequate enough defense that you can highly compete in the big 10 West. I'll just say that. Um, and you have to hope if you're an Illinois fan that Luke Altmyer can get into a headspace that he was at the end of August. Cause if he can, and he can flush this, then you don't worry about it. You were a 14 point dog against Penn state anyway. Um, he's, he's out there trying to make plays and he's probably not hundred percent healthy. He's driving out there trying to make plays. He's tough as hell. Barry Lunny has said it. I've said it, it's clear. you know, he and so physically, give me, I mean, so give me a break. I think if he can get in the right frame of mind, Illinois is fine right now. Illinois is fine. This is not Baghdad Bob standing in front of, you know, everything and saying all is well. Um, this is not Kevin Bacon in, you know, in just kind of screaming all is well here. It's okay, but they're still at one and two and potential and, and just a hair away from being zero and three. There's some issues with this football team. Like I said, the house isn't on fire, but I think we got a gas leak. And I think Illinois has got to secure that up before they hit Big Ten West play. And if they do that, I think that they can, they can, they can win some of these Big Ten offensive slogs that are that are coming for them, right? And and get into a postseason game, and then you've got the momentum. But yeah, today was today was frustrating because I think a lot of people put a lot of eggs in the Luke Altmeyer basket, maybe even including Luke Altmeyer. And suddenly now you got to worry about, oh, that's right, he's still. He's not old enough to drink yet, yeah. and it's he. He was making his fourth career start. So, perspective is a unbelievable thing, and I think that a lot of people leave Memorial Stadium today with a with another unique perspective of what this team is, based on a really, really rocky performance by the quarterback that he probably hasn't experienced since he was about 15 years old. Perfect. Well, that's uh, Matt Stevens here. This is Mike Kegley, and we are going to sign off from Memorial Stadium. We will do, of course, on Illini, guys. We'll have a, a preview podcast on Monday night. We'll break a you know, break down with a local media representative uh, what is what to look for. FAU is not an automatic W. This is a schedule that Brett Bielma warned us before the season. There's 12 teams that Illinois can beat, and there's 12 teams that can beat Illinois. So the Illini will have to play well, but it should be an exciting matchup next Saturday afternoon in Champaign. So for Matt Stevens, this is Mike Kegley saying, go Illini. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys radio network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email, mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together.